Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion podcast. I'm here tonight with Sam and Zach, who made a cameo appearance last season, but I think he's back for more action, um, and we're all excited about this season coming up here. Boys, we had some preseason action. FC finally made the field. Um, they're back in action. They played Austin this past week in a friendly. Uh, we're going to talk about some roster news, uh, you know, going into the preseason. Um, a little bit about the game, you know, as I mentioned. Um, towards the end of the episode, we're going to talk about maybe some MLS kit leaks that happened last week as well. Talk a little bit about Leaks Cup and some of the announcements that were made today. And then finally, guys, kind of interesting. Um, we had a lot of FCC players playing uh, either, you know, in Mexico or in Europe already. So we're going to kind of touch on those uh, at the end here. But I'm pretty excited about this episode. Sam, how are we doing tonight? Yeah, doing good, doing good. Um, a little jealous to see, you know, the FCC boys down in Florida. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll touch on that obviously a, a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the sunshine looks great. 65, 70 degree weather. Um, wow. We're, we've had rain for, I, I feel like it's been a month that we've it's had rain. Cool. It's um, been raining for so long here. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I'm doing is, is trying to recover from the, the wetness that is outside. Um, uh, but yeah, doing pretty good. Zach, what about you? How are you doing? I'm doing well as I'm doing good as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing these new kits in 2024. That's getting me really pumped. I'm a big fan of the uniforms that have came out in the past, and um, I think it'll be a big year for FC Cincinnati, and we're here for the ride. So, Yeah, you're wearing that white kit for those who are listening You know, on Apple, on Spotify. Zach's wearing the, uh, the old 2021 kits, I believe. Um, but we, I believe, are going to get some new white ones. Sam, possibly some cream-colored jerseys. I think we kind of tweeted about that, so we'll chat about that a little bit later. Um, but going into some roster announcements. So, you know, since last week, as uh, the team, I think, had already made their way down to Florida. Um, only surprise I really saw on the roster, they listed Barrial, um, you know, as a part of the roster there. They said it as immigration issue, um, which, I mean, from all it sounds like is, you know, he's in Italy trying to work on getting uh, maybe like a citizenship card or something like that in Italy. Maybe that, you know, move happens. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, we're, we're coming down to the uh, the end of the European deadline uh, in a lot of the different countries. So if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be like right at this moment. And it just doesn't look that way. Um, but the other surprise that I saw was um, no Joey uh, Akpanonu. I think that's how I pronounce his last name there. But uh, yeah. a young center back that we had picked up in the draft last year. It looks like he might be going on a loan, which will be good for him and his career. Um, anything that stood out for you guys, uh, Sam, I'll start with you and some of the roster stuff that you saw. Yeah, I think for the most part, I think it was just Barrial being on there. I did think it was pretty funny um, that, you know, that they, they did list it as the immigration issue. Um, so a lot of people made their comments on that where it was like, yeah, it's not an, uh, it's not a U.S. immigration issue. Um, it's, you know, a, a different country. So, um, but yeah, on, on Joey Akpanonu, you know, we had discussed, you know, off camera uh, and in text and stuff that, you know, is this him possibly making, you know, a loan move, right? So them mm -hmm. not putting him on the roster, you know, what does his future look like at FC Cincinnati? You know, we've seen a bunch of guys who, like him have been drafted um, and maybe haven't quite worked their way to the rotation um, right away. I know, you know, Ian Murphy has been a really good 
center back and has been able to work his way even up to the U.S. men's national team, right? So um, Joey not really getting too much of a chance. I think we said he had a cap um, during the, the U.S. Open Cup, I believe, uh, with the first team. Other than that, hasn't really scratched the surface there. So um, a loan would make sense to, to have him go on loan somewhere. Um, my first thought is the USL Championship, just because – you know, he's a young guy and, you know, USL championship is still a pretty good league to to be put in, um, you know, the second division, if you will, for U.S. professional soccer. Um, so, yeah, I think there's an opportunity there for him, but nothing else really stood out to me. Um, I know there was a newer roster for for the champions um, that, that came out uh, for the Champions League that came out. So um, the, the only person on, on that roster that I, I thought was interesting was um, having the, the goalkeeper situation. Um, so we have Alec Khan who's been out, um, listed as having kind of a, a surgery or having something that he had done in the off season. So not having him on the, the roster initially, it was alarming to me, but then I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like he has, right. you know, an issue, um, similar to, you know, Miazga, you know, they were told he had, you know, some back spasm, et cetera. So he's still, you know, on the champions league roster, but um, yeah, there wasn't any, as far as the other roster, it wasn't, wasn't too much. Sam, I wanted to just briefly comment on that. And Zach, I don't know if you saw this too, but the champions cup, I guess we should start referring to this new name that it's come out with champions cup, but, um, Sergio Santos wasn't listed on that one. I don't know if you had seen that or not. So, um, I, I think one of my favorite tweets that you sent out about it actually was, you know, listing of the middle names. I think that was kind of hilarious that you actually get to see some of those guys like middle names in there. Um, so that was just kind of something unique. But I think the players that we can report for the games actually, you know, are up to, I think, about 48 hours before the game time. So yep. plenty of time to add some other guys or register those people. The questions will be about, um, you know, some players if they're able to travel. Penza and his current situation, uh, possibly this trialist, you know, depending on his work visa situation, is he able to even play outside of the country at that point? So big questions that, you know, we might see, but uh, at least in the roster announcements, it was kind of interesting. Zach, anything that stood out for you? Yeah, actually something interesting about Joey, uh, he only appeared in three games last year, um, two being the the 5-3 penalty against Louisville City FC. Uh, I believe it was in the open competition. Um, and then played two in the open competition, only made one appearance in the MLS against DC um, in 2023. Um, only started once, came in twice as a sub. Um, so I'm very interested to see what actually happens to him because he's currently listed on ESPN's roster still. So I don't know if ESPN hasn't picked up if he's if he's gonna make that transition or not. Um, but other than that, I wasn't very surprised with anybody else uh, off the roster. It's funny how like site to site, you make a good point. Like it can be so different on to like the people they list. You know, I think Arias is still listed in some rosters as well. And you know, like Joey, I, I would imagine they're working on like Sam said a, a best fit for him, uh, most likely in a you know, USL championship type scenario. I think last year, the the big loan that we had was Isaiah Foster. Um, he went back to the switchbacks in Colorado, which is the team that we got him from. Um, hopefully he grew in that time. And I think he got to practice with the team during the playoff run, actually. So maybe he gained a little bit more experience and he actually started um, 
you know, at wing back for this game. So we'll kind of move into that. Um, on Friday, guys, uh, you know, the boys finally got back into real competition against another team. We played Austin FC. Uh, it was Austin's second preseason game. It was our first. Um, the lineup, Sam, you know, what I saw at least, like I mentioned with uh, having Foster, and it almost appears like that three. we went with Powell maybe at the right back in that scenario. Did anything stand out in your first half lineup there? Um, no, not too much. Um, I mean, other than having, you know, Kip Keller in that, in that starting rotation, obviously I had mentioned, you know, Miazga kind of having some trouble. So, um, looks like he sat this one out, um, as far as the, the whole preseason game. Um, so just monitoring his status, especially if this is going to be a problem, maybe even throughout the season, right. Uh, of, of how he's going to be, um, his availability for, not only us, but also U.S. men's national team possibilities. Like, could that hinder it? Um, but yeah, that was the only other takeaway from at least this first half lineup. Yeah, I saw that at least, um, you know, he was struggling with back spasms, I think is what I saw. Um, did you guys get a chance to follow that like live blog that they were doing about the game? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Zach, what about you? Did not. I did not. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, they had some good insight. Uh, I think Carter Chapley, you know, with FC Cincinnati was giving us um, some rundown of what was going on. Um, we did get to see a goal in the first half. Unfortunately, we were down, you know, 0-1 at that point. But, um, Zach, I think it was good to see, uh, you know, Bupenza mixing well with Lucha. That was kind of a big talking point last year. Um, anything stand out? I, I don't know if you're able to see the video clip, at least, of the goal. But to me, you know, their chemistry is going to be important this year. Yeah, I mean, coming from last year with with Barrial or not Barrial, sorry, Lucho and Bupenza going at it. Um, with, I wouldn't say they worked well enough like they need to this year. Uh, it's definitely going to be an eye opener to see if they can work off each other with Vasquez being gone, and uh, seeing if Bupenza can step into that role that Vasquez played. Uh, almost as if Lucho can kind of make make his own space, but Benza has his back at mm -hmm. some points. Yeah, no, good point. Um, especially because I think like Lucho, like you're saying, Lucho and Bupenza sometimes occupy similar space. Um, so at least in this play, you know, we see, I believe that um, I think Foster hits a ball down to Corey Baird. Corey Baird hits a cross into Lucho, who kind of. Uh, delays touch you know you see the guy kind of fly by him which I thought was pretty cool in the video he taps it over to Bupenza and that beautiful left foot and he puts it away um, so I, I really was happy to see them gelling well um, I think again that was the big talking point last year is how they would come together good shout though Zach in occupying the same space though um, Bupenza may have to still drop back and Baird kind of is like interchangeably in those positions up front Maybe we don't have a dominant hold-up type striker right now, but they can work in different ways. Um, so that was cool to see, at least. We go into half one-to-one. -one. Um, second half, Sam, run us through what the uh, the lineup was. Yeah, so lineup, you saw a lot more um, of the FCC2 guys as well as a, a little bit of the, the first-team subs. Um, so guys like Angulo, Kimi, um, Dotto, Kenji, Halsey, um, Schaefer, Loro, um, and then Santos, right? So just to name a few, um, but it was it was really nice to see 
those FCC guys kind of get some reps um, with the first team, um, especially in a, honestly, in my opinion, the the best stadium in the USL championship, that Tampa <laughs> Bay Rowdy stadium is like, what, what a, an incredible stadium it actually is right next to the water there. Um, so for them to get an opportunity to, you know, show what they got play against Austin um, obviously didn't, didn't end up going well there in the second half, but um, you know, glad they got some reps. Yeah. I mean, especially in the second half, you're just looking to see if anyone stands out. I think uh, Austin had a few players that had seen some starting minutes last year. Um, Derusi is, you know, the big one that comes to mind. He's obviously a starter. He's the one that ends up scoring the game winning goal. You know, it ends two to one, but um, for those guys to just get experience gelling with each other, I think, you know, we kind of had talked about this off air, but um, you're going to see a lot of these young guys see more minutes this year too. And uh, do any of these guys, you know, make the roster? I think, you know, and Schaefer, like you mentioned, Brian Schaefer, um, and then uh, Henji Dimba, I believe the the Dayton guy, um, you know, both guys that are fighting for a contract, you know, so that looks pretty cool to have them out there. Um, I think somebody had reported that um, Kenji actually was playing in a different position than his typical striker or winger position too. So, you know, are, are they trying these guys out in different spots? Um, I think that's what your preseason f- is for in some ways. Um, Zach, it's almost like, you know, in baseball terms, you know, you kind of understand this. It's like you being a catcher and trying out shortstop for the preseason. I mean, that's your time to kind of figure those things out. Right. Right. Um, using that term, uh, it's almost, he wants to stay in one position. That makes sense. He, mm-hmm. he wants to, let's say uh, he's the catcher, right? No catcher wants to go to shortstop. No shortstop wants to go to catcher. So it's almost that ideology where he's going to test what he can do and what position works for him. And I think, Pat will find the best spot for him. Yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, ideally, he'd probably want to be in a striker role. Um, and that seems to be where we have some, like, possibility for minutes, too, for him. Um, I'm really curious to see if those guys even get any minutes because look at how much of a home run, you know, Roman Celentano was. Um, and even Ian Murphy, like we've now talked about with starting roles, I would predict, you know, this year. So, are we going to see any of these guys break through? We didn't really get to see that a ton last year, um, but now is their time to shine and to really, you know, make their case um, to make the roster. But one thing I took away, you know, kind of after the game, Pat Noonan's quoted saying that this trialist, so all this rumor out there about this trialist, right? But uh, Pavel Buka or Bucha, I believe is uh, who we're thinking this guy is. And I think Austin FC even had um, some video clips of the game that were deleted at one point too. Um, just because of, you know, trying to hide basically the identity of this guy for now. Um, Sam, I just found out on, you know, Instagram, Kip Keller follows him. So clearly there's connection. Clearly this guy is, you know, down in Florida and training. It seems to be that he's working on getting his visa to actually play in the United States. Um, but it, it sounds like at least from, you know, Pat Noonan's quote that he was the best player, you know, in the game at the time in the second half, which, I mean, I don't know if that's saying a ton, but it is promising that he's at least out there and he's looking good, you know? Yeah, I I mean, come on, guys. We we know. Like, don't don't try to hide it anymore. But um, I, I, I just, I think we're just waiting on that announcement. Um, I, I think it's a little bit obvious. Um, 
Kip, sorry. I, I think you gave it away there. Um, following the guy, you know, gave us a little bit of a nugget. Obviously, Ryan scouring the Instagrams, making sure people are following everybody, not following somebody, then we've got a problem, right? Um, but I, I did want to touch on something that was said prior episode, you know, with Bobby. Um, I, I think this really does show, especially in the second half, it so shows, you know, FCC's continued pursuit of that growth, right? Not only in the first team, but at the FCC two and, and academy levels. So um trying to take, you know, what Bobby said last week and being, you know, seeing it come to fruition during the preseason is exactly what he was touching on. Yeah, good shout. Um, Zach, were you able to listen to the episode with Bobby? I think he had some good insight, but Sam makes a good point. I mean, we had a lot of these young guys um, or some, I, I think some of them even were from other academies, Sam, too. But how can we foster, you know, the FCC two team to produce players for the first team? Um, Zach, did you take anything away from that? Every everything that you guys just said. Right. I, <laughs> no, that's I, I, fair. I yeah. yeah. No, that that's that, that's so if I mean, I, I think especially one that stood out, um, you know, as I said, had joined from a different um, youth academy is uh, I think it's Luca Ben Alcazar. He's the guy that came over from NYCFC. Um, mm -hmm. He actually got some minutes with the first team last year for NYCFC. He was their captain, you know, for the second team at one point as well. So. I think that guy actually has a fair chance to make the roster and to possibly see some minutes and whether it's leagues cup or if there is like a U.S. open cup um, there's possibilities for him to actually play. He's played in the MLS game, you know, similar to Halsey. He's doesn't have a ton of minutes, but um, I, I could see him breaking through. Um, I don't know about London, the Gato, <laughs> probably not as much, maybe Dado and most likely Kimi just cause we're short on, you know, strikers right now. Um, but yeah, I think it was at least in this game, disappointing that you get a loss, but come on guys, it's the first preseason game. So the next one, uh, is ended up, you know, going to be on Thursday of this week against new England, uh, the revolution. This is the first of two games we'll have in the preseason against them. Um, anything you guys are looking for, you know, in these next preseason matches, Sam, I'll start with you. Well, so I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to scout it out or if I'll have time, but I'll be down in Florida this weekend. Um, unfortunately, not on Thursday, but I'll be in the Bradenton, Tampa area. So, you know, I'll see if I can hop over, take take a take a glimpse of training. Um, you know, just peek my head over the fence there, say, "Hey guys, what's what's going on over there?" Um, but yeah, the the Walter Campbell Sports Park is it's pretty close. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously. In in my mind, I, I saw they were playing on Thursday, and it said obviously it's like a, a closed preseason game, right? I mean, <laughs> is is anything really closed? Like, I think you can go and sneak in, Sam. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. And if we hear of a trialist too that was in attendance, maybe that was oh, you. it was me. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, <laughs> Zach. Anything you're looking for in this upcoming game? Well, it's it's kind of a sleeper. Uh, but I am going to say Pat Noonan is currently 1-0 against Mr. Porter. Or 0-1, sorry. 0-1 against Mr. Porter. Um, so I want to see Pat get that one. Even though maybe it doesn't matter until the regular season, but I want to see him get that number one. Yeah, no, that'd be pretty cool. And maybe they're holding some grudges against each other going into the season. I wonder if – I don't know if you guys ever thought about, like, 
MLS coaches um, and kind of like the personal grudges that they might have against each other or like, you know, stuff like that. I'm sure like a lot of these guys have played against each other at some point or either like coached together, um, you know, like Kenny arena, like his dad obviously was another coach too. So there's a lot of like interconnections between them. I'll have to go back and see if there's any connection between Caleb Porter uh, and Pat Noonan. I, I would imagine there might be um, at some point, but yeah, th- this game on Thursday will be interesting. Um, it is fascinating to me, guys. I wanted to kind of point this out before we head to a break, but um, a lot of these other clubs around the MLS are now finally announcing that they're coming out with broadcasts um, for the game that you can watch. And, you know, I know Sam is traveling down to Florida to be able to go and watch the game. Now, I obviously that's not the reason why, but um, yeah, I, I think like Charlotte announced it. I think uh, LA Galaxy had recently announced it. And obviously, you know, Inter-Miami is all over, you know, the preseason for their games. But it's kind of not fair that you get to see some other teams and then we don't get to see ours. It would be interesting, you know, because then everyone would be kind of like zooming in on their screen to kind of see who's that guy out there, you know, with number, you know, whatever, 200 or whatever the penny says uh, that the trialist is wearing. But it is just fascinating to me that there's not a standardized broadcast schedule for like everyone. Yeah. I would believe like that would be the big thing um, would be, are these guys allowed to be on camera? Uh, if they are trialists, I know some teams have different policies than others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's like an MLS wide thing um, to your, to your point, the reason why other teams are allowed to, and, and other teams aren't. Um, yeah. I, I think, as fans of a sport and of the MLS, I think the further we go in like this sports generation, the more content and the more things that we want to see, the the more things the fans want to see behind the scenes. That's the biggest thing, I think, especially with the content that's being produced, you know, in, in other sports, particularly in the documentaries, you know, with golf, with tennis, being able to see the behind the scenes of all these huge tournaments, even if it's just the preseason. I mean, MLS fans would eat that up without a doubt. So um, the fact that, you know, they're not able to take advantage of it. Now, I don't know if it's because, you know, they don't have people that are staffed to do it. Um, I'm sure any freelance person would be able to to do that, no problem. Um, But yeah, I, I do find it a little curious that some don't and some do. Like, are we like sickos for wanting to watch preseason games? But I, you're right. I mean, we're all like itching to watch any sort of content. Like, anytime, like, you know, FC Cincinnati released a one minute video of their training, you know, and I'm like looking at every single player in the video. Um, I, I did hear a, a good Yuya, you know, for Yuya Kubo. So I feel like there's got to be one of those for every, uh, you know, training videos. Or I think somebody else even commented and said, you know, we have to see Lucho sitting on, you know, a soccer ball. That's like a official thing in preseason as well. Um, it was almost, that was almost, I was looking at that, like, that's almost a cardinal sin in basketball. I know that. I don't <laughs> no. know if it is so much in soccer, but. I mean, that, did you ever hear the, I guess, you know, tale is, you know, you're not supposed to sit on a soccer ball because you'll make it lopsided. Right, right. Is there uh, anything? That was the first time I've ever heard that, actually. You ever, you never heard of that one before? Never heard of that. Yeah, growing up, they'd say, don't sit on the soccer ball because you'll make it lopsided. So, you know, maybe Lucho doesn't weigh enough that he'd do that. I don't know. <laughs> Just funny. But um, did you guys happen to notice that Lucho uh, dyed his hair pink? Uh, yeah, I couldn't help but notice because I think the MLS tweeted it out as well. 
That's true. Yeah. One of the like very minimal things that they've said about us in general in yeah. the preseason even too. But um, yeah, it, it was funny to see that. Um, I wonder, I don't know if anyone asked him why pink, but I'd be really curious to see why. <laughs> Any thoughts to why? Maybe uh, maybe the new Barbie movie. He was really, was really psyched about it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Inspired by the Barbie movie. I don't know. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind when you say pink that would be relevant that's right true. now. But um, you see that uh, I think Angulo's got dreads again. I did and see that. He's got yeah. like a blonde patch, you know, underneath his chin too. These these South American players, I don't. I mean, their styles are, you know, incredible and very flamboyant. So. I wouldn't be surprised if everybody I think everybody should should dye it like just do a little just blonde bl blonde bleach should be that should be when you go and play in Jamaica. I think everybody should have blonde hair. Blonde hair. <laughs> That'd be cool. Zach, is there anything like at least from teams you've been on in the past? I mean, obviously like the postseason runs, you see everyone dye their hair or like cut their hair. I didn't I've never heard of a preseason you know, having a similar thing. Yeah. Um, I personally, I think he dyed it because that's his favorite color. Yeah. We should I, ask him sometime. <laughs> One day when we get Lucho on the pod, we'll ask him why pink. Uh, I feel like these guys probably go through, what, four or five different hair changes every single season. Um, wonder what that has to do to, uh, to their hair. I don't know. Um, but moving on from here, uh, guys, I have a trivia question for you before we take a little break here. Um, including Mascara's debut. We're going to touch on this later in the podcast, but Yersa Mascara debuted for Villarreal in La Liga this past weekend. Um, including his appearance, how many FC Cincinnati players, past and present, have played in a La Liga match? In Sam. a La Liga match or played for a La Liga team? Yeah. Do they have to play in the match? Is that? They have to be in an appearance. Like They have to be there and Ooh, playing. All right. Okay. All right. That's that's a different statistic. All right. Bonus if you can name any of the players too. Oh, there's no no chance I wanna I wanna try that and embarrass myself. Um I'm gonna go with three. I'm gonna go with three players. Okay. Zach, what about you? I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna say two. All right, three and two, but uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode and we'll give you the answer. We'll be right back. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coverage skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Line podcast. First part of the episode, we chatted about the roster, gave a little bit of a breakdown of the preseason game we had. We're going to get into some other news of the week, boys. Um, we had some MLS kits that actually leaked 
um, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, but actually originally was leaked on FC 24. Um, so on Saturday morning, uh, top bins, which is a Charlotte FC podcast had tweeted. If somebody retweets this 100 times, we will release the kit for 2024. And they had a huge response. So all of a sudden you see a little graphic, you know, as you see in FIFA, like the ultimate team cards, and there's this beautiful Charlotte FC kit that you see. And uh, not sure if this is legit or not, but um, then you hear the club kind of, you know, is reacting to it. And eventually they kind of tweet out joking about it. So I think it is actually real. Um, but man, FC uh, 24 really kind of screwed up in uh, releasing that one. Yeah, I mean, it was multiple, multiple kits um, that were released. And thank God. You know, no FCC kit was released. Thank God. Um, yes, I didn't. I no, I didn't want. I Old didn't take. Want to, yeah, I didn't want to see it leaked. I, I like when you know, and I saw the point that somebody else made was these clubs go. You know, it takes the process for these new jerseys and concepts and things. They they take years to to make, and then the process of the unveiling is a huge deal. Putting out a video graphics getting, you know, players in the jerseys. Hmm. It's a huge, huge process, right? And clubs honestly look forward to this. And maybe even for some clubs, not all of them, this may be, you know, their their biggest, you know, impression post of the year, right? Or something like that. Uh, at least, you know, top 10, top five impression of the year if, you know, they don't have a great year or something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was really unfortunate that, you know, these were leaked um, and you're right. It's on FC 24 and, and the MLS trusted them with, with these kits to to be revealed and released at probably a certain point and certain date. Um, and somebody just decided, ah, in the algorithm, I'm going to add a couple, nobody will notice. And then, yeah, we, uh, we noticed people, we, we play uh, people our FIFA took notice. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was refreshing that whole morning and I actually downloaded like the ultimate team app just to see if I still had access from the previous year. Um, cause I didn't actually get this past year's game, but man, I was like starting to DM some other people that had access to it and trying to see, is there an FC Cincinnati one? Just cause like I was interested more than anything, but you know, Sam, you make a good point. I mean, a lot of the, the club does good work in, you know, actually coming out with a video or an unveiling. I think they even have like a specialty event, you know, on February 16th is kind of the rumored date right now in the West End and art gallery. Um, they're going to unveil it in this big, you know, event in front of all of these people. So online, if it gets leaked, it kind of wrecks a lot of these teams' plans. Um, it is unfortunate, though, to me, just based on timing of like, you know, let's say ours comes out on the 16th. Our first game technically is like the 23rd. You know, there's not enough time for you to go and get the new kit for the year. Why aren't we unveiling these? And I said it even before. Why aren't we unveiling these, you know, before Christmas so that people can buy it, you know, and the club gets more sales this way? Uh, it is kind of unusual. You know, they've known for two years now what this is going to look like. Why are we waiting until a leak, you know, is pretty much how people are finding out at this point? Um, but it is, uh, it, it's very interesting, um, because I, I am sure a lot of people had to scrap their plans, but some people actually made some good, um, PR of it. You know, I think Chicago fire, you know, even tweeted out like, Hey, you know, footy headlines, you know, does this one look familiar or anything like that? Or tweet about this rumor. 
and it was actually from the club account. So that I thought that was funny. I think uh, San Jose was like, is this a good time to play, you know, FIFA or something like that too. So they're trying to make the most of it. But um, Zach, did you uh, see any of the the new kits? Yeah. So I was actually looking at uh, X last week and I was kind of going across some different tweets about the, the kits and, um, I did see a lot of feedback from many different people when you look up FC Cincinnati in general saying they love to see the the orange kit become the home kit and the blue kit becoming the away kit. Now, will that third kit be a white? Will it be a gray? Like you said, will it be a cream? Um, I could see a lot of different colors coming out, um, but with with MLS rolling out that third kit now, um, I think FC Cincinnati should definitely be uh, on the lookout to see what personally what other teams are doing uh, to make theirs unique in any way possible. And for example, get the youth involved, pro- maybe making a kit for them um, or like let the uh, youth design either a practice kit or some sort of unique kit for the uh, for the the club so um yeah you, be you're, are you referencing like uh you know having like a me go on microsoft paint and you know dub up my own uh version of the fcc kit zach or no yeah. I, I i think that's a good shout though i mean uh I, I think it would be cool to have um you know kid designed one or something like that or even as like a, a match game like warm-up one um i think they did i don't know if like formally announced that like it's going to be a white kit um, but white or cream, that's kind of the question. And I think, you know, Sam, you can touch on that a little bit more because you had tweeted that out. Yeah, I think, you know, based off of what I have seen as far as what the FCC players are wearing, it seems to be more of cream colored based. Um, and I'd even said, and, and to Ryan's point, I, I tweeted out based on the gear we've seen, I would think that we may get something similar to the Austin FC jersey. Um, which is that one's fire kind of a cream cream really based nice with kit. with um green trim. Um, so if we were to get, you know, cream based with probably both orange and blue trim, if I had to imagine based off of the, um, kind of gear that we've been seeing. Um, but to touch on some of the the other kits though, um, some of my favorites, I really enjoyed the the sporting KC with the diamond layout. Um, as well as, to me, the the LA Galaxy seemed to never miss. They really like they seem to be very consistent and I thought their kit was very clean. Um, and then Phillies, Phillies was really good too with the snake like skin striped down the middle. I thought that was really cool and really clean. Um, obviously the other ones were, were probably good as well. Um, but those were the three that, that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, it was interesting that you said um who was you didn't say Philly wasn't the first one you said it was the first Sporting one. KC. Sporting KC with the diamonds, right? I mean, we've yeah. been calling for that for years. Mm-hmm. I felt like I think the official kit leak was like 17 or 18 total or something like that. All of them actually look like really good. I'm very impressed with this year's. You have some mix of um, some old logos. So like, you know, San Jose has a really cool, you know, historic logo that they used before. Vancouver, you know, with the Maple Leap, uh, Maple Leaf uh, in the soccer ball. That was my favorite in the Charlotte one. Um, Vancouver's, you know, for those who aren't familiar, go and Google search it. Um, 
old logo again the maple leaf inside the soccer ball but a kind of like navy blue looking kit and it's clean it's super orlando super nice. orlando as well orlando's as well good shout and i think the lion the old looking lion that they yep. had um so you know do we go with an alternative lion instead of the crest on the jersey that would be kind of cool that would be a kind of a cool look something different um, just the lion, you know, not the actual, yeah, Sam's pointing to it there, just the actual lion though, instead of the crest, I, I, that would be kind of fascinating to me, but really proud of our, you know, team, I guess, for, for not leaking it or not somehow, you know, getting it out there, I guess. Um, St. Louis, I believe wasn't out there. The crew was not out there as well. A lot of their people think they're going to go back with their old logo for this one, which would be kind of interesting. Um, Zach, did you have a favorite one that you saw? My actual favorite was the river kit. Um, and I noticed they haven't been wearing that recently. For FC, you so, mean your favorite kit? Correct. Yeah. Correct. What about any of the leaked ones? Did you see any of the leaked ones? Uh, uh, I did not. Okay. All right. Yeah, go check them out. Again, for everyone who's listening, um, I mean, they're out there now, but it is kind of cool every year to go and see the different ones. But um, so, Zach, of, of the FC ones that you like the river kit the most? I do. I do. And, and I've noticed they haven't been re wearing them recently. So hmm. uh, I find myself questioning what's going on with that. I, yeah. I was, I was wondering for the preseason game, why they didn't wear the river kit. That That's a good shout. I mean, they were wearing their gray, like warm up tops for that. Um, so I'm not really sure why I think Austin was wearing there. So good point. I didn't really even catch on that at first. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. I think, like we said, February 16th, look out for that date. I think that's when officially we might be getting it. Um, I think everyone online is just ready to have it now that all the other ones are out there. But um, moving on to some other new news that we had today about Leagues Cup, our favorite, you know, cup competition, Sam. Um, SC Cincinnati uh, was announced that they're going to be playing uh, NYCFC and club, uh, is it Kiritaro? Did I say that one correctly? Hopefully. Sure. Uh, which is uh, Liga MX, uh, MX East Club uh, in Mexico. They were 10th last year, um, you know, in their uh, league down there. Um, obviously, it's not as big as playing like a Chivas or a Club America like we had in the past. Um, so I'm a little disappointed not to see a bigger club, honestly, come to TQL. But I think hopefully the opportunity to see uh, Monterey in the Champions Cup would be a good opportunity for that. But if we look at kind of how the breakdown is set up for Leagues Cup this year, they kind of changed the format for this from reading, you know, the the post-release today. FC Cincinnati is the second-ranked team in this kind of pooled um, setting and how they created the group. So three groups instead of four, which is typical for a soccer-type tournament. So that's kind of weird to begin with. Leagues Cup is, again, just made up rules, I feel like, but uh, no overtime or no, uh, yeah, no overtime. So straight to PKs again this year as well. Um, but if we were to win the group or continue on, I believe we get to host a lot of the games at home. I would just hope to see some other cool um, Mexican teams because I always think like the atmosphere is pretty awesome, especially last year, you know, seeing, I think all three of us actually were at that game. Uh, it was incredible, you know, just the support that some of those teams have. Um, they come from all over to see their team play, um, and it's always a good time. Yeah, I think on on FCC being the two seed, um, they will play at 
at home all games except I believe it was if they play uh Club America, Club America or some or other team. I think Monterey as well. Monterey. So mm-hmm. those two, unless they play those two, it's gonna be at home. Um, which hey, shoot, I'll I'll watch a a, a game in Monterey any day of the week. Beautiful. That stadium is absolutely beautiful with the mountain in the background. Just incredible. But as far as the teams that we are playing, um in Sam, NYCFC, we have some hills in the background of our stadium. <laughs> all right. <laughs> sure sure um i don't know if it compares but sure uh but as far as nycfc and cartero um I, I know i had tweeted this out today but um cartero placed 10th last season in the league mx and are currently at 14th and then NY- nycfc in the mls last season finished 11th so the competition to ryan's point isn't isn't great i mean for competition standpoint, we had great draws. These were these were great draws that FCC can get out of the group without, you know, maybe having to play their their top guys every single game. We'll see. Um, I obviously Pat Noonan his his philosophy is every game is, you know, one step at a time. So we take each game and we're gonna we're gonna win that game, um, regardless of the competition. But yeah, I, I think based off of this this group, I think it's a winnable group for sure. Zach, any thoughts on League's Cup? I know, again, you went to a game last year, so you got a little bit of a taste of it. Right. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that FC Cincinnati didn't get a bye this year. Um, I did see where New York was, I believe, first in the East, um, in the East first group. Uh, So I was really surprised about that as well. And I know scrolling through X, um, not a lot of fans are happy about <laughs> what MLS is doing with this cup. They kind of think it's a joke. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see what it goes on in this tournament. But yeah, uh, like you said before, going to the game last year and kind of seeing the atmosphere that it, it brings, um, hopefully it brings the same energy, the same crowd. Um, I Personally, I found it to be a, a good tournament last year. Now we'll see what happens this year with a different competition, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point with the buy. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I think actually Columbus is the only team that got a buy for this tournament. I think they were the one seed, but the seeding is based on how the teams did in the supporter shield standing. So I don't quite understand how they would have gotten a buy on that then, or like how we're second. I don't know. I, I really don't understand that part of things. I think eventually they may look to move, the timing of this tournament, like we've talked about in prior podcasts Um, right now, it's scheduled to be the end of July into August is the current setting for it, but it's in the middle of the season and it's like right after Copa America. Like I don't really understand the point of it other than to drive, you know, more money up um, more opportunities for Apple TV, you know, to make money through the MLS as well. Um, it just seems kind of odd, especially with, again, more teams getting into Champions Cup now too, which seems to be more of like the premier tournament. And League's Cup is starting to almost seem like the replacement for U.S. Open Cup, which I haven't heard anything about recently. I don't know if you have or not, guys, but um, we're coming up here on the season soon and there's still no word about this competition. So what's going on with that? I'm not really sure. I'm going to, I'm going to guess if there's no word, then somebody talked to the MLS and shut them up a little bit um, from us soccer. That's, that's my perspective. Um, Meaning that was, like that was the, the last word. 
That was yeah, the last I mean, word that we that we heard, right? Yeah, I thought you soccer had, was right. just like, hey, um, we're doing this thing and you're right. playing with the USL championship and every other, you know, competitive league that is in the United States. Yeah. So like what happens now? Does US soccer like put forth, you know, their schedule for it? I there's just been no announcement and what the season's 21 days away for the first game, I think for um I think Inter Miami is the first one, but yeah, it's crazy. Like I've never seen in any other league where like there's not an established schedule this close to the season for, you know, a competition like that, especially with the history that this has in the country. I mean, it's like the third oldest um cup competition in in the world, I believe. Um so it is kind of crazy. Uh it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but um at least we had a league's cup schedule that did come out, you know, at least that competition has some sort of uh you know, I guess structure to it, but still the dates for the games haven't been decided yet. Um, guys, moving on from this, uh, we had some former FCC players, you know, talk about the European style. Here we go. Uh, Vasquez being one of them. So Brandon Vasquez, man, unbelievable uh, run of form here in the past two weeks. The dude is motivated. I don't know if it's just being in a new environment, um, maybe external motivation to go to Europe now. Um, but he had a goal, uh, against Sam Contero or, uh, Contero. Yeah. Did I say that again correctly? Um, this past Thursday, um, a header goal. So off a cross similar to what we had seen. Um, you know, I think for the U S men's national team, he had a similar goal and then two goals, um, this past Saturday against San Luis. Um, the first goal, you guys have to go back and look at this one. Unbelievable header from about the top of the 18, Another yeah. cross where you're like, all right, maybe he's going to chest it down, you know, maybe play off of him, but flicks it on over the keeper. Just unbelievable goal. I don't know if he'll score a better goal, to be honest with you. But um, right now he's leading the golden boot race uh, down in Mexico. You know, it's early on in the season. But if he keeps up this pace, like, I'd be very happy for him. I, again, had tweeted out how proud I am, you know, just – this is the first time I've really followed other FCC players when they moved abroad or to other teams um, because I, th I love Vasquez. I mean, he just plays hard. And again, sometimes we were a little hard on him uh, and the way that he played, but ultimately like, I think he's a great player and he represented our club well. Um, so he's, he's fun to follow now. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see him ex succeeding as well, but like we all kind of figured and, and knew he would he would dominate league mx as it you know it really is a step down from mls competition these days if we're it's if bold, we're really man. if That's we're really bold. being honest i mean well look at you know the the all-star game competitions and everything else like players from league mx are being signed to the mls it's not really happening too much you know the other way around um other than you know like brandon vasquez cade cow those are probably it's the two starting to biggest, i wonder if it's going to be flipping i don't know so i i I don't, I don't think so. I really don't. I think, you know, he just needed to make a move somewhere else. And then, I mean, Europe should be, if he explodes in league MX and dominates, then it'll be more apparent that he should go to Europe. Yeah. Whereas, you know, maybe for some European clubs, his, it wasn't really a fall off, but um, not last season, but two seasons ago, he had an incredible season was an MLS all-star. And then this past season, I mean, it wasn't 
it wasn't his best season. He still had a really good season, still racked up the goals and everything. I think what 17, 18 goals in all comps. Um, but maybe in their eyes, it was a step down, but I, I still think as far as a challenge, he needed to make that move to Europe to elevate his game, to challenge his game here in Liga MX. I think he really, he's just going to dominate. I, I wonder because of the team he's on, if he'll dominate too. Like, I mean, Monterey has so many more resources, like their players at lower end positions make so much more money than MLS players. So you can get higher quality in those spots. Um, and they're going to provide him with good service is what I'm seeing. They're kind of interplaying with him better, honestly, than we did last year. I think that's the biggest thing in watching some Monterey games now is how much they, uh, you know, look for through balls for Brandon or how many times did we call for Barial or Arias to make crosses into the box for Vasquez to score on a header. I feel like it hardly happened last year. Um, Sam, that's a bold take, man, about uh, the step down part. Like we had said originally, but now that I'm seeing more of it, I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't know if the lower end quality, you know, in the MLS, it seems to be a little bit more even throughout. Um, maybe in League Liga Mackey's, uh, you know, some of the teams that are at the bottom are bottom feeders and they can, you know, Vasquez can score four goals in those games and he racks up his stats, but you just don't Zach, see any, that uh... as much, but. Any thoughts, Zach, on, on Liga MX versus, versus MLS there? You know what? Being your brother, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I, I see it as a step down, personally. Um, yeah, that's all I got for it. All right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, again, you know, Vasquez has another game coming up, I believe, on Saturday. Um a lot of his games actually are available to watch, which has been fun. Again, you know, sometimes European games you don't get to see as much of. But moving on, um, Yerson Mascara. Sam, you want to touch on him? Yeah, so he got loaned out um, to, to Villarreal uh, this past week from Wolves. So huge step for him to go go play in the La Liga, um, probably get a little bit more playing time with Villarreal as they are kind of fighting relegation, um, it looks like. I mean, it's a big, big turn from them. I mean, huge club. They've been Europa League champions, it seems like, 10 times the past, you know, 10. Like, it just seems like they've had Europa League. They've been in the Europa League for, I don't know, how many how many seasons in a row. But, um, yeah, he came in 78th minute, um, down 2-3 to Barcelona, and they ended up winning, coming back. Winning five three, um, and he got in the books. He got a yellow card in the 89th minute. So Mascara was in the books, um, but like I said, they're still sitting 14th in La Liga. Um, so upset the Giants that are Barcelona. Um, I did think it was it was pretty cool to to see him upset a club like that. And then to me, the bigger story was people on Twitter suggesting that Mascara made Xavi resign from Barcelona. I I thought that was phenomenal. <laughs> The, the the game that Mascara plays against Barcelona, right after that, Javi goes, ah, I can't do this Barcelona thing anymore. I'm I'm done at the end of the season. And people are like, oh, Mascara did it to him. He did it. Just took one game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than yeah, it's there's no other uh, conclusion than that. Um, I, I did find it funny though. You know, he comes in 78th minute, and then all of a sudden the offense gets a lot better. You know. Uh, you know, maybe Mascara's dominant presence in the back scared some of Barcelona's attack. I don't know. 
he uh, ends up getting a yellow. I forget exactly how it was. I think it was maybe a tackle. I don't think it was descent, but uh, there was a video clip of him uh, on a corner kick or a free kick actually, where he was jostling with the uh, Barcelona guy in the box. I forget exactly who it was. Um, but I was like, oh, that's typical him, except for the fact that he wasn't rolling on the ground, which I was going to say, yeah, he didn't flop. <laughs> yeah. But um, Brenner finally got his debut, guys. So for Udinese and uh, Syria, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, I have a question about uh, Mascara, actually. Yeah. So is he still on a loan from Hampton? From he, Wolverhampton? Yep, correct. So he's uh, on loan from Wolves. Um, yep, this was his first appearance. He, I think, got announced like last Tuesday or Wednesday. So he's already to play. Um, didn't start, but at least to come in for some minutes. But yeah, Wolves have got to be looking at him like, man, you know, this dude's a stud. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't hold on to him. But it sounds like. I mean, he shouted out um, the club well, or I think Wolves did. I know he had said good things, but um, apparently there's a quote from Wolves that said you're very pleased about how Muscara had developed at FC Cincinnati. Um, maybe we get some future players from them just because of that relationship. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but like I was saying, Brenner finally got his debut, uh, Udinese in Italy. Um, he had a... Uh, I think it was a thigh injury. I think he had surgery, actually. He pulled his quad. Finally got in 10 minutes at the end of the game against uh, Atalanta um, in a 0-2 loss. Uh, they're in a relegation battle, so it'll be, again, interesting to see if he even features much. There seems to be another striker that's ahead of him right now. Um, Brenner was such a huge transfer for us. I would hate to see him just be a flop over there. It's just so difficult to get solid minutes, and especially coming off of an injury middle of the season. Um, Sam, any thoughts about Brenner? Yeah, I just want him to stay healthy. I mean, my my goodness, you know, I, I think it was the, the surgery that he had. Um, I, I I think it wasn't his preseason last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we were getting really hyped for it, and we were like, "Hey, good luck, Brenner. You know, you're gonna do you're gonna do great." And then I believe it was news of in training, he got injured and it was like, Oh, well, he's out, out for the season. So, um, yeah, happy to see him back healthy, being able to, to get into the squad. But I think to your point, getting, getting more minutes, um, especially if they do drop down to Serie B, um, they're not going to stay in Serie A probably, um, unless, you know, Brenner takes hold and they, you know, go on a run, which would be really cool to see, but, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do because his, 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 his valuation is, is going down obviously. Um, so will they be able to hang on to him via the, you know, financial situation? It'll be interesting to see throughout the season, but yeah, just happy for him to, to be healthy. Yeah. I don't know. Is a, uh, is a loan back to FC Cincinnati in the carts just for no, uh, six no. months? No. Zach, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> that would be it funny would be, i mean we're in need for a striker right now it would be great and all but i don't think so <laughs> yeah i don't want to deal with uh you know his attitude and everything anymore um i think we're over that and you know the whole barrial situation hopefully isn't going to be the same way either but he's got no reason to be mad at the club um so i don't i don't think that'll happen barrial is a pro too so i don't feel like he's in the same scenario um santiago arias though finally got his transfer he's Going to Bahia in Brazil, um, again, had been rumored for about two weeks. It is pretty sad. I'm 
honestly pretty bummed. I really liked watching Arias play. We need a right wing back in the worst way right now too. Um, but he actually was playing uh, tonight, and uh, I was looking up to see if he had made his debut, but he wasn't even on the 18 roster. I really hope that uh, Santi can stay healthy. That was the biggest thing with him. And from everything that it looked like, um, you know, the club would have had to pay him a, a good deal of money to keep him, and he only played in 17 games last year for us. Um, so do you really want to pay somebody at 32 that, you know, load of money for – potentially not that many games and especially with injury and that he gets called into Copa America. I mean, if you're going to pay a guy close to a million and he's going to be gone either with injury or like I said, with his national team for a while, I, I kind of see where they're coming from. It's just made me sad. And yeah, I, 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 oh, go ahead, Zach. Um, you, you speak about the, the, the market value of him and how much we, we may be willing to pay him. Um, it's I found it interesting because in 2018 he was worth 20 million dollars. That was his market value when he was playing for Atletico de Madrid. Um in 2018, now bring it back all the way down to 2023, he's only worth 2.5. Wow. So he made a big spill um from the age of 26 to 31. Yeah, he had a I think a terrible ankle injury. He ended up, I think, breaking bones and in his ankle actually and it ruined his career for a while he took like a full year off so um yeah he lost his valuation and it is crazy to see like how much he was making and i wonder if that played into now like you know i think we had mentioned in a prior podcast him going to brazil had a, possibly more of a chance to make more money and at the end of his career um this kind of like last gasp to get that uh chunk of change maybe yeah i think him signing to bahia in brazil um, you know, look, it looks to be an opportunity for him to, to be, to play closer to home, right. Um, for the Colombian eyes to get on him as well for the national team. So there's a possibility there. They don't have to travel that far to, to go watch him play, scout him out. Um, but he signed with them till 2025. So, um, he'll be what 30, 34 at that point then. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, not sure how much it will help in his quest to continue on the national team, but um, last season, Bahia actually missed out on relegation by one point. So they're probably looking at Arias to bolster their back line a little bit more. So that way they don't have a, another scare like that. Yeah. Good shout. Um, yeah, I think that I'm really going to miss Santi like we were saying. Um, and then another player, you know, we'll, we'll mention now too is Baji. Zach, uh, he finally got his transfer. He did. He did. So he, he played his first game with the Turkish second team, Bender Mispor. Uh, he only played nine minutes with them. Unfortunately, he had a yellow card in the 6-0 win with them. Um, but a fun fact is he actually plays with Galater or plays, plays against Gal them. Yep. He plays against Galatasaray um, in the Turkish Cup next week, which I found was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Galatasaray, again, like massive club in Turkey. Um so for Baji to go over there, you know, he's in the second division team um, who's, I think, doing pretty well over there. But uh, in those cup competitions, you know, again, this is what we're missing out with Open Cup. Um, so over there, he gets to play the best team in, in Turkey, arguably. So uh, good opportunity for Baji. It sounds like he's going to hopefully have an important role 
Um, Sam, any thoughts about Baji's finally uh, finally moving over there? It seemed like it was rumored for a little bit and never confirmed. Well, yeah, I was about to say, Ian, I'm surprised you didn't note on it, but he officially announced it on his Instagram. So that's why I was like, okay. I don't, I don't know if I really believe that he played, and then I saw the Instagram post. I was like, okay, he played. All right, all right. I saw some photos of him from the game, too. They had it on their account, actually, as well. Um, but we're happy for Dom. It's a interesting opportunity. I think Pat Noonan had talked about it a little bit um, in an interview I saw recently, but um, he's happy for him. So I'm happy for him. Um, I don't think we could pay him, you know, as much as he wanted and not necessarily the pay, but more the minutes. I think that was more of what he wanted and maybe to explore at the end of his career playing in Europe. I think Sam, you had mentioned before, I believe he's an MLS lifer prior to this i don't think he had played anywhere else so maybe this is a final you know opportunity for him to do that and maybe that was part of his dream yeah i think you you look at the instagram caption it had said something about new opportunities so um definitely looking to probably finish out his career with a new experience um but i'm you know i'm interested to see how he does obviously all these former fc players at this point now um after really being with them for a couple seasons, I think to your point, um, a guy like Brenner, we won't really follow as much as we will a Vasquez, a Mascara, a, a Baji, Arias, because they were a part of that team that we won Supporter Shield with, right? So it always holds something special in our hearts um, a little bit more. Is Brenner technically a part of that roster? No. I don't know. He was at no. first, but... <laughs> no. I mean, he was on the team for half the year, but... Didn't I mean he had one goal and I think what like ten games or something like that? But uh, yeah, I don't I don't think they get rings or anything for winning supporter shield. But he definitely wouldn't be in line to get a ring if that was you get a plate. Congratulations! You get everyone gets a small supporter shield plate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zach, I wanted to ask you. You know, thanks again for coming on tonight. I wanted to get your impressions um, heading into the season. I think we're gonna have a few people on to kind of give us their pulse of the team and everyone's opinions a little bit different on it. So I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah. So obviously coming in as a defending supporter shield winner, uh, you got high expectations for the team, right? So it'll definitely be interesting to see what Pat can do, what he can assemble, um, what kind of, what the guys can do on the field. Um, but I found it very interesting. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys noticed in the past couple of days, the media has been roaring about, the FC Cincinnati stadium, TQL stadium and about the projects that are going on there. So unfortunately, recently uh, they, the two projects that they had going on, one was denied uh, funding, which was the mixed use of, I believe the development North of the stadium, um, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was, that was denied. Um, However, the convention center that they would like to put in uh, was approved. So I'm just saying this because I I believe this will get more people to the stadium. I mean, we already are selling out games after games, but I think this will get more of an atmosphere of, let's say, the Europe crowd. Um, And anyone across Northern America, if FC stays hot, FC State keeps making progress and keeps going – I could really see this this crowd base getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I, I love how the community in Cincinnati in general is 
trying to back the the club. Um, yeah, big hopes for the the club, and I'm looking forward to what they bring to the the pitch this do, year. Do we have a prediction for the season? That's what I was about to ask you. What do you think? I'm going to say we're going to win the Shield again, and I think I'm going to I'm going to leave it up in the air. I'm going to say that I think that's going to happen. So um, at least one trophy is what you're thinking. At least one trophy. At least one trophy. Okay. It would be impressive to go back to back shields. I think that would be insane. And then furthermore, like maybe validate our point that the shield is the harder thing to win, especially like two years in a row. Um, Sam, you don't look so like enthusiastic about that thought though. I just want to finish off my silverware. We have the spoons. We have a plate. Give me a cup. Yeah. Good shout. It doesn't matter what cup. No, it doesn't matter what cup. You're <laughs> drinking out of a cup. Champions Cup, Leagues Cup, MLS Open. Cup, US Open Cup. US Open Cup. There's a lot of different cups. Yeah. Um, all shapes and sizes. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Sam just needs a cup. Um <laughs> Zach, I, I appreciate your insight on everything. Um, you know, really to at least hear from you, like you know, I know you're up in Michigan now, but um, you're right. I think the whole city is excited about the team, and especially after last year, too. Um, I know in a prior podcast we had been talking about that mixed-use development. It sounds like the team's going to find some ways to hopefully still make that happen. You know, the funding from the state got denied, but, um, you know, I, I think at least uh, they can deepen their pockets a little bit, hopefully, and make that that work because you're right. Um, creating an atmosphere around the stadium to keep everyone there uh, is ultimately what you want. And it's very European styled. We already have OTR right there, which is very similar too, but to have it like on your property um, and for the club to make money from that too, would be pretty special to bring in better players. And furthermore, you know, I think help with um, the all-star game hopes too. You know, if there's any delay in this project, how does that hamper our chances for, you know, bigger events? You know, we had talked about, does it, help us with getting, you know, Copa Americas in the future or all-star games or even world cup, uh, you know, pregame matches and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not sure, but um, hopefully that gets resolved. Agreed. So I think uh, we can cap off this episode. Do you guys have any final points that you wanted to touch on? No, I just want to, just want to know if I got this trivia wrong, right? <laughs> Yeah. So this trivia question, um, again, the question was including uh, your semi-scares debut for Villarreal and La Liga this past weekend. How many FC Cincinnati players present and past have played in La Liga? Sam, you locked in three. Zach, you locked in two. You both agreed that Harris Majunjanen was one of them. And you were right on that. You're wrong on the number. Six total FC Cincinnati people have played in La Liga. Wow. It's fascinating, yeah. So Roland Lama, if you remember him from FCC's uh, first yep. MLS year, um, Santiago Arias, you know Zach, you mentioned for Atletico Madrid before, Mascara Villarreal, Miazga had played um, in La Liga, Majunjanen, and Titan, Shemeshlav Titan, the goalkeeper, had also ah. played in La Liga too. So um, yeah, fascinating. I mean, we had a lot of people that had played in that league. I have not been able to see anyone else that's played in Serie A, so I think Brenner might be the first one uh, that's played in the Italian league. We've had several, obviously, in the Dutch league, but um, 
again, will be cool to kind of follow these guys and their different paths, some more than others, like we've mentioned, but um, we're excited nonetheless. And we got some more FCC coming to you guys, at least breaking down the preseason games and hopefully some final transfer saga info. I think uh, that was the final point I wanted to make is, you know, really, Alvaro Barrial sounds like he's staying at this point, guys. Um, I know I had just briefly commented on it before, but that European deadline is closing technically, you know, on Thursday. For him to go through with the paperwork and to get everything filed and done at this point doesn't seem realistic. I think we have at least another six months of uh, Barrial, and I'm pretty happy at least that he's a part of our roster for now because he's a quality player. Um, bummed for his career, you know, and what that means, but... Um, we need him for this current roster the way that it's set up. Yeah, I think that just means that, thank God, our left wing is is there. Now we just need somebody on the right wing, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But stay tuned uh, next week. We'll have another episode, likely, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks again for listening, guys.